Hello and welcome to episode 549 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan. As always, joined by Evan Silva and the NFL draft is exactly seven days away. We've covered the prospects. We've covered the rumors. We'll get to the landing spots and the fantasy outlooks after the draft. But for now, my biggest focus, Evan's biggest focus over the next seven days is actually betting the draft. For that, we have, in my humble opinion, the planet's most formidable draft better. Back at it again. This guy teaches America's youth mathematics during the day and grinds his cock on draft props during recess. It is Anthony Amico. How you doing, buddy? Doing good, man. I, I You're pretty far removed from the school scene that you think uh, we have recess in high school. But, uh, you know, respect. There's no recess in high school? <laughs> no, dude. Come on. Dude. Yeah, there's definitely not recess. So when are you grinding your cock on props, like lunch break and stuff like that? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, you know, get your prep period, you get, then we got, you know, all afternoon, all night. You got time. Prep period. Perfect. All right, Evan, how's it going today? It's going great. Um, This is, this show was very lucrative last year and I expect it to be again this year. I know we, we each came up with a long shot. Um, I got a couple nice long shots. First position drafted. Let's get into it. Yeah. Hopefully you listen to our show that we did, the three of us, from April 5th, a little over two weeks ago. Obviously, and as expected, a lot has changed since then. As we've talked about, the earlier in the process you are, I think the longer, you, the more you want to be leaning into longer shots. That's what we tried to do on the first show. That's kind of when where my betting portfolio has gone into longer shots. Now that we're closer and there's allegedly, or what we think is more certain, yeah, I think you can start eating some more chalk so anyways on today's show we will be discussing draft betting with all information that we now have which is significantly significantly more before we get into it reminder to check out the pod evan and i did with lance zierling on tuesday really really informative really really good love talking to lance also reminder hit the subscribe button on itunes or youtube wherever you're listening slash watching this it's totally free helps out a ton finally reminder that this show is sponsored by our friends at underdog fantasy expecting best ball mania for to launch soon after the NFL draft. I don't know what they have planned. It was 2 million to first last year and best ball only seems to be getting bigger. So I assume it's going to be absolutely absurd. Promo code ETR at underdogfantasy.com for $100 matching signup bonus. That's promo code ETR at underdogfantasy.com. All right, boys, since we last talked, CJ Stroud has gone from a contender to the number one pick to getting absolutely iced Bryce is anywhere from like Bryce Young is anywhere from minus 1200 to like minus 1400 to be the number one overall pick I'll start with you Evan on Bryce Young versus CJ Stroud are you surprised that the Bryce team has gotten uh, uh, out this far and do you think all this CJ Stroud stuff that we're hearing right now off field stuff on field issues he could go outside the top 10 I mean people are saying crazy things at this point about CJ Stroud how much do you Mm -hmm. think of that is smoke how much of you think of that is true? I think it's real because, I mean, that's kind of what I've been hearing for a while um, at this point. I mean, we, weeks ago, uh, I, I think it, it became clear that Bryce Young was going to be the pick. Um, C.J. Stroud apparently has not interviewed that well. He scored poorly. Apparently, like I don't have firm information here. I'm just relaying what, you know, Brady Quinn said and some other people have said. Um, he didn't do well on the S2 score. Uh, you know, in terms of processing information, that's a huge thing at the quarterback position. And I think Mike Renner talked about, you know, his pocket, his pocket presence is just not nearly on Bryce Young's level. So 
to me, I would say it's not surprising. Uh, but I still think that there's an outside chance that C.J. Stroud, because of the position that he plays and because he has ample upside, could be the number two overall pick. Now, Amico came out with a mock, very interesting, very detailed and thorough. It was an excellent article. Uh, Amico came out with his penultimate mock today, and he had C.J. Stroud plummeting to 11. Now, I don't know, are you trying to match team and player there uh, for the most part, or are you projecting him to fall to 11? Uh, I mean, I could see him going a little higher. Like, I, I think at some point the thirst could could get to someone where they, they make a move up. But I th- I have a really difficult time believing that he's going to be a top five pick right now. I think that's really the bigger the bigger takeaway. Yeah, I, and this odds to go number two market. Will Anderson's currently the favorite on DraftKings, at least at plus 150. Tyree Wilson, plus 230. Will Levis, plus 250. Stroud, plus 275. I don't think there's any value there among those four guys unless you have some really firm information. I don't think anyone knows what the Texans are going to do at number two overall, whether that's take a defensive player, take a quarterback, trade out. Amico, how are you handling betting the number two spot? And also, how are you handling betting C.J. Stroud? Yeah, I mean, I think that the best way to bet number two is just to be going under on Will Levis. Um, I, I, I know he's been juiced a lot at six and a half. I think a couple of places are low, as low as four and a half. But I think that the best way really to to play this is, you know, I, I made a decent case in my mock for Will Levis. I think that, you know, Houston is ultimately going to take a quarterback. Um, but even but I think like just taking his under gives you a little wiggle room because it sounds like, you know, the – the big rumor now is that he's the Colts top guy. So I think he's probably going to go at two, but like, I don't think that you need to bet it. Like it's already down to like two to one or something for him to go to. Like, I don't think the juice is worth the squeeze. I'd rather just bet the under. And I think it has a lot more security on it. Evan, the people are losing their minds. The, the listening to this, their ears are bleeding. They're saying, Amico, you're telling me Will Levis, who the public hates is going to go number two overall ahead of CJ Stroud ahead of Anthony Richardson. The, the lot. And by the way, some of these lines are up now on, uh, over-unders, which weren't up when we did the podcast two weeks ago, like Levis under six and a half is minus 300 now. As Amico said, there's some like minus four and a half, minus 160. I mean, there is major juice on Levis to go in the top five at this point. People are losing their minds. Evan, how are you handling betting the Stroud and Levis stuff? I took some CJ Stroud just to be drafted by the Falcons. Um, I think I got it at 22 to one. Um, I think it's down to 10 to one now. I, I think I still like it. Um, you know, and I, I think that he could go anywhere. It's tough. I, I'm not buying. Amico has great information, okay? And he he make you know, he's very good with the logic and all that. Um, I, 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 do, I do not think that, that Will <laughs> Levis is going to go number two to the Texans. Um, I, I do not believe that. Um, it's possible. I, I don't know. Um, but I, that's, you know, you have to acknowledge things that, that you don't know here. And there's just so much uncertainty, I think, after Bryce Young. I, I am buying that Will, that the Colts really like Will Levis. It's possible that the Colts could try to trade up yeah. uh, and, and secure him. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm having a real tough time with the Levis stuff. No, no question. I, I really like Amico's angle, though, just to bet the under on his um, – what, what did you say? It's six and a half? Yeah, but six and a half is minus 300 on the under. Uh, there's there's some lower spots that have a little bit better juice. But yeah, Evan, I'm curious, just if you think that the Texans stay at two or if the Texans end up staying at two, do you buy that they won't take CJ Stroud? Do you buy that maybe they like Tyree Wilson more than Will Anderson? Like, it, that's the thing. Even if you think no for certain they're going to stay there, I still don't even know who they're going to take. 
Yeah, and Tyree Wilson is, is coming, man. I mean, he's coming. Like his odds keep moving uh, uh, less and less toward tw- uh, as to be the number two overall pick. Lance Zierlein has been beating that drum. I think Jeremiah even alluded to that being a possibility last night on his mock draft show with Pete Schrager. I don't know, man. This is it's a real tough draft. I think after number one. Okay, let me ask you this on the Levis stuff, Amico. Are you so sure in the Levis stuff that you're willing to lay? minus 250 versus Anthony Richardson. And that's the current price in their head-to-head matchup. Will Levis minus 250 versus Anthony Richardson. I, you know, I, I think Levis is going to go higher than the general public thinks. I think he will go in the top six. I'm still not convinced he goes ahead of Anthony Richardson, though, especially to lay minus 250. What do you think about the rest of the quarterbacks shaking out where, with uh, Anthony Richardson versus Levis and Miko? Yeah, I mean, that's just a stay away for me. I mean, I, I think I feel way, way better about the under. Richardson could still be a guy. I mean, Richardson is still a one, depending on who you listen to. But I, I think that that three spot being wide open, um, be like if you don't believe that Levis goes two and you think he's going to go four, that three spot's still open for business. And if someone really thinks that Richardson is, is far and away the next best guy, like they could slide into that spot. I suggested this to you guys in our Slack. I don't think we've talked about it on a podcast yet, but – Part of me thinks that Bryce Jones is going to go number one and these other quarterbacks could slide. Um, yeah. And Adam Schefter kind of alluded to that being a possibility as well when he said, we made a bet with Dan Orlovsky that a quarterback is not going to go second or third and then possibly Will Levis at number four. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that could lead to like a trickle down. C.J. Stroud fall, falls a little bit. I mean, Anthony Richardson could definitely fall like into the teens I think. Yeah. Um, I, I know obviously it's the most important position in all of pro sports. However, these prospects after Bryce Young and even Bryce Young himself, they're very, very flawed. Yeah. The, the thing is, everybody always says, oh, wait till next year's guys. Wait till Caleb right. Williams. Wait, 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 man. If I'm picking in the top five and I need a quarterback, I, I got to go, man. I, I like, I think it's crazy to pass. So I don't know. Quarterbacks always seem to gain some steam i'm skeptical and actually that was there was a bet that i wanted to talk to you guys about that's out there in the market you can bet will the top three picks all three be quarterbacks so obviously that would assume a tra- texans trade or take a quarterback cardinals trade out it's plus 270 i, I kind of think that that's interesting maybe not quite long enough for me to bet any thoughts there amico uh first three quarterbacks first three picks all quarterback plus 270 Yes, I mean, actually, as we're recording this, it's up to three to one. So, okay. I mean, I think it's just going to keep getting seen. So I'm I'm kind of good with letting it run a little bit. Mm-hmm. And if it were to get to like maybe plus 350 or plus 400, I would, I would, I think I would bet it. I mean, I think that the Cardinals are just like, they, they are going to be pretty desperate, I think, to move back. And mm-hmm. I just don't think it is going to end up being that expensive. I mean, I think something right. that's going to come along with a, this draft class not being very good is like teams are just going to be like, fine, like, Give me a third round pick. And I just want to get out of this pick. And I can see that happening in this in this position. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Evan, any read on what you think the Cardinals will do? There's a lot of smoke out there. The Cardinals do prefer Tyree to Will Anderson. And I think that's why you've seen those markets kind of flip a little bit. Because if yeah. two goes quarterback, well, then three, they're going to have their choice. If they stay, they'll have their choice between Will Anderson and Tyree. Yeah. The the Cardinals at three, I, I think that they really like Tyree Wilson. But I think they absolutely have to trade out. And I agree, they may take a, a significant discount in order to do that. I mean, they need players, man. They Their roster is not very good right now. And um, their quarterback is coming off a major injury. I mean, they, they need picks. 
Oh, they're one of the worst franchises in the league. I mm -hmm. mean, they're 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 a stone cold mess. Are are the Cardinals for sure? And obviously, the Kyler Murray knee injury doesn't help. Last quarterback thing I wanted to ask about, Amico, over four and a half quarterbacks in the first round is now out to plus one hundred two. This is obviously just a bet. Effectively, will Hendon Hooker go in round one or not? We talked about this a little bit last time. Any update for the people on if you think Hendon Hooker will actually end up going in round one? I think it's fairly priced. I mean, DJ was. Did uh, Daniel Jeremiah did a Q&A yesterday and he said he thinks that Hooker is greater than 50% to end up in round one. I, I can't imagine it's like terribly further than that. So I, I think it's probably fairly priced. I think it makes sense for Hendon Hooker to go late in the first round. You know, obviously Peter Schrager had him going number 11 to the Titans. Mm -hmm. That assumes that, you know, all those other quarterbacks are going to go ahead of him. Um, although I think Anthony Richardson went behind him in that mock though. Uh, but either way, like Hendon Hooker, it's, it's hard to justify taking him anywhere but the first round because he's probably not going to play this year, right? Or at least for the vast majority of the year. If you're getting him on a four-year deal, you're already yeah. burning the first year yeah. of his contract, and then you only have three right. years left. I mean, that you know, and then you got to pay him before the final year if, if yeah. he's any good. Like, yeah, it, it makes sense for a team to trade back into the end of the first round and take him. Agreed. And, and yeah, I probably wouldn't take the plus 102 there, but you know, anything plus 150 or better is probably a bet for me on over four and a half quarterbacks in round one. Evan, of course, referring to the fifth year option that all first round uh, picks, all teams have on their first round picks. Okay, let's get away from quarterbacks for a second. One of the things that Lance mentioned that I wanted to talk to you guys about with this Dalton Kincaid medical stuff, the tight end market has been absolutely all over the place through this whole process. Started off with Michael Mayer as the, as the favorite. Then uh, Don Kincaid came as the heavy favorite. Now, since Lance's podcast, which clearly moved the market, uh, since Lance's podcast, now Michael Mayer is back out to a big favorite, minus 175 versus Kincaid. Also, Don Kincaid's medical stuff, I mean, over 24 and a half on Kincaid is now minus 180 on FanDuel. In other words, ton of juice on over 24 and a half. Do you think it's possible, Amico, that Don Kincaid ends up slipping out of the first round? Uh, it's possible, but I, I don't think it's likely. I mean, I think that the medical stuff on Kincaid, like he, he's cleared. Like I, this is not like a lingering injury. And I think that, you know, some of the stuff with his weight, all that, like I would just attribute that to him not doing stuff because he's been injured. So, uh, you know, I, I, ultimately this is going to come down to, I guess, what teams really think of his tape. I mean, Jeremiah, I think still has him as like his ninth overall player or something like, you know, he's like a top 15 guy. So, you know, if you're a team that needs a tight end – He's still the best pass catching tight end of the class. So I, I think that's someone else. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Lance suggested that uh, uh, Dalton Kincaid could fall to the second round. Right. So this is something that you, you got you to take into consideration. So there are no workout numbers on Dalton Kincaid. And some teams use like grading systems in order to grade. And, and they, you know, they, they plug it into their spreadsheets. And if they don't have numbers on a guy, he's going to get bumped down. Like teams are, are can become very unwilling to draft guys that they don't have confirmed numbers on. Um, and, and Lance also mentioned that people at his pro day thought he he looked like he weighed like 220 pounds. Um, you know, I, I think there are I don't know. He's a big wild card. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. Right now, if you want to bet the Kincaid stuff, I'd probably wait because right now after the Lance pot, he's just getting really negative steam in the market uh for also, sure also the the etr discord uh flipped mayor and, and dalton kincaid like correct for sure so hammered it so two things we bet in the discord was mayor over kincaid at plus money 
uh, Evan put that into the Discord. And then we also took over two and a half tight ends to go in round one at like plus 250, plus 300. That is now down to even money since we bet that. Obviously, there is, it's fluid. I mean, you know, Darnell Washington could end up as a first round pick. Lansing just think he had a very good shot there. I think that there's other guys who could end up as a first round pick. I know Sam Laporta, Laporta is just such a good prospect. Laporta, Musgrave, and then obviously you have, have Mayer is almost really likely to be a first round pick. So this bet on DraftKings, Amico, it's kind of gotten away from us a little bit, but two minus 450. In other words, over two tight ends on DraftKings is minus 450. You're effectively free rolling if you think Mayer and Kincaid are definitely going to go there and then you win the bet if a third one goes. Now, we took that at a much, much, much better number. It's at the minus 450 now. But yeah, what do you think about total tight ends taken in round one at this point, Amico? I mean, I'd probably prefer the under, I think, at the current prices. Like, I, I think yeah. we think that this is a pretty a pretty wild position. I mean, now we're saying, you know, Evan, you're saying Kincaid could fall out. I don't think Washington is like a, a lock by any means. Mm-hmm. So two and a half under at like minus 130 or something like that's That seems pretty good. Like, that seems way better than you were getting. Right. You know, I, I realize this is not a stuff. scouting report show, but Amico, can you explain why Sam Laporta is not being considered like a late round one? I mean, he, to me, let, let me lay it out for you. Sure. Um, he had two really big seasons at Iowa, two really good ones. He tested really well. The track record of Iowa, of Iowa tight ends is phenomenal. T.G. Hawkinson, Noah Fant, George Kittle. Um, why is he not being considered as like a, a guy who could slip into the back end of the first round? I think he could, but I think it's probably just super thin because he has three other guys that are good and – you know, the Iowa offense didn't do any favors. I think he has like five career touchdowns in four years or something like that. So I don't know. You read Lance's scouting report on him and he says that he doesn't really, he's not like a fluid ball catcher. Like he doesn't do well in the catch, you know, contested catch situations. So I don't know. I mean, I think these other guys are just perceived as being way better uh, that are perceived as being better because they have either better production or like in the case of Washington, he's just like a freak, a freak of nature. Right. By the way, this Musgrave, Dude, I don't think it's it's very live, but 60 to 1 to be the first tight end off the board is uh, Luke Musgrave. Receivers. So uh, I think I mentioned on a show before uh, I took under, or maybe I didn't mention, I think I mentioned it in Discord, uh, under three and a half wide receivers to go in the first round, plus 150. Now it is 115 both ways. Any thoughts on that market? It seems to be that the public's perception of the wide receiver class is that it's not very good, but still a bunch will go in the back half of the, of the first round. I don't know if that's going to be the case. Sounds like JSN, Addison, Flowers are likely to go in the first round. People don't seem to be thinking that anyone else in this class is really worthy of a first round pick. Amico, where do you think about over under three and a half wide receivers in the first round? Any further thoughts on JSN, Addison types? Yeah, I think it's appropriately priced right now. I mean, uh, I think uh, Addison and JSN, I would say, are, are more or less in. Uh, and then from there, I think it gets kind of interesting. I mean, if you look at the Bob McGinn stuff, he, he posts his yearly, uh, you know, he, he talks to personnel around the league. They have Quentin Johnson as the next receiver over Zay Flowers. And Zay Flowers is someone we bet to be the first receiver on the board. He's gotten some good publicity. So, you know, if you believe that Flowers is a guy that's, that's in, I mean, I think Quentin Johnston also would belong in that conversation. So you have a shot at getting four. Um, if you believe that the receiver class just isn't very good, uh, you know, then you would probably say, you know, max one of those guys is going to mm-hmm. make it. So I, I think it's, 
I think three and a half with even juice both ways is probably exactly right. Yeah, I mean, no one's giving Addison even a chance to go ahead of JSN. JSN is now minus 550 in their head-to-head matchup against Addison. Evan, don't give away your long shot. This is called teasing for the end of the show. Evan's going to give a long shot in the wide receiver market, but any more thoughts here? on wide receivers and betting. And I don't know if I could talk. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I guess I'm going to have to keep it for the end. I I think that the wide receiver class is really not good. And therefore I'm willing to take shots on some of the, and I think that no, like none of these receivers, first of all, I really like the over on Jackson Smith and Jigba at 12 and a half. I I think he's going to go somewhere 13 or later. Is that actually still out there? I mean, that that was it was like even line. money for 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 a while, yeah. and that's why you got to be really fast with this stuff because mm-hmm. that was an outrageous line. I'm sure that that got line got pounded. JSN yeah. is definitely going to go over twelve and a half. So I think that you know these these wide receivers are going to all go like late teens to like forty five somewhere in that range, and they're like it's hard to differentiate between, especially the 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 top four: Jackson Smith and Jigba, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, and Quentin Johnson. Mm-hmm. I. I and what was really interesting from the Bob McGinn article is that so he polls executives and scouts and Quentin Johnson got more first place votes to be the number one receiver in the class than did Smith and Jigba. I think Quentin Johnson had seven first place votes. Smith and Jigba only had five. Um, I guess we're, we're, we're going to leave the rest for a, for a tease. Yes. There we go. Right. Perfect. Um, okay. This offensive line market is interesting. We didn't talk about it last time. Evan, maybe you can give the people your thoughts on offensive line market as a whole and who you like for ought to be first offensive lineman off the board. Yeah, well, I think that the situation is a little bit similar to the wide receivers, that there's just like this bunch of, and the offensive line are better than the wide receivers, I think. But there's this bunch, Paris Johnson, Peter Skaronsky, Darnell Wright, Roderick Jones. I think that Anton Harrison is a sleeper to get drafted higher than people expect. Uh, But there's this bunch of like four guys all projected to go in like, like from number nine, the bears. I think that's where it starts, you know, to like, uh, like 17. Um, That that, that seems to be their range. You look at the odds. I'm going to take the longest shot among those. And that's Broderick Jones, who I think very well could be, the Bears pick at nine. Actually, at one point, Greg Gabriel, who I think has some connections with the Bears, predicted that the Bears would take Broderick Jones at number nine. Um, it's just, again, there's this bunch and there's not a whole lot of separation. So let's take the longest shot among them. Broderick Jones, first offensive lineman drafted six to one. Yeah, I don't know if that's the best price. That is the DraftKings price. Evan doesn't mess with Bambi and other other sites like that. Amico, you might know better if there's a better Project Jones price out there. But yeah, what do you think about the offensive line market? What do you think about the Project Jones things? Then there's also how many offensive linemen will go in round one market is up. Yeah, that's what I like right now is that is the total the total on the offensive line. It's up to minus 250 at five and a half the over. But I mean, this is like a, this is like a prop that hits most years just because the, the offensive line is so important. And, and we have four locks, you know, the guys that that Evan mentioned. Uh, you also mentioned Anton Harrison. I think that he is like very close to being a lock. Uh, Josh Norris is like super confident about this. I, I think that Josh knows people. Uh, so I, I tend to believe what he thinks about this, the matter. So you have five tackles that are locked in and now you just have all these interior linemen 
you know, Osiris yeah, Torrance. I, I think Tittman, Tittman could go in the first round. Right. Um, John, uh, John Michael Schmitz, uh, Steve Avila. Uh, I think that uh, DJ was doing a, a mock today or, or it came out today. I don't know when they did it with uh, Peter Schrager and they had uh, the Syracuse uh, tackle. Uh, Bergeron in the first round. So like mm-hmm. there are, there's just like a ton of, of offensive linemen that are candidates for this and you only need one. So I, I like that. Yeah. Anton Harrison is minus 430 on FanDuel to be a first round pick. Joe Tipman is minus 125. Osiris Torrance is minus 125 also to be uh, a first round pick. Um, okay. I'm so fascinated by this odd to be a second running back marker. And I probably should get off it at this point because I think it's, I, I think it's probably priced correctly. Now, J uh, Jameer Gibbs is minus three thirty, Charbonnet is plus three thirty, Devon a chain is 30 to one Spears is 30 to one. Roshan Johnson is 51. Like they're not giving anyone a chance except for Jameer Gibbs and Zach Charbonnet. But now Gibbs is minus three thirty. I, I think that's priced pretty appropriately at this point. Uh, Amico, do you think there's any movement or anything to see here? on odds to be second running back or any further thoughts on running back. There's a lot of like, uh, like matching team stuff. We, we should probably talk about this market, but, but um, you know, if you go on DraftKings or even, or, or a bunch of sites, actually like who wit, will the pant will the giants take a running back in the first round, an offensive lineman, a linebacker, you can get some crazy long shots in these markets. If you're able to think about team needs and tendencies and all that, I think that's one of the bigger, bigger edge markets right now. And so I feel like matching, running backs to teams is an interesting way to look at this instead of just straight who will be the second running back drafted. But yeah, Amico, any thoughts there on, on the Gibbs stuff or any teams you like to take running backs in those markets? Yeah. Brugler was kind of, uh, Dean Brugler was kind of bullish on Gibbs to Arizona and that's 16 to one. So that's not bad. Um, but I think that the Gibbs stuff, I mean, I, you, it's minus three thirty. I think yeah. you said, right. Yeah. So, like that's, you look at where it was, I and mean, the last time we did the show, it was minus 2,000. Correct. Um, I, I would tend to believe that this is more of a value than not. Uh, if you look at, again, like the rankings thing we said last time, like he might be 90% to be the next running back off the board, uh, and we're not quite there yet. So I think like up to minus 400, this might be a play if you can stomach the juice. Uh, and then the rest of the guys, I mean, I, I don't think you can really make a bet. So yeah. I, I, it's kind of a sit out. Yeah, I think that this this second running back is just wide open. And so I took a shot on De- Devin A-Chain to be the second uh, running back drafted at 30 to 1. Yeah. He seems to me to be a player that a team could fall in love with. Teams fall in love with like game-breaking speedsters. And he's drawn some Javid Best comparisons, which whew, Javid Best was the bomb, man. Um, so I think 30 to 1, Devin A-Chain, because I, it just seems so wide open to me. I mean, never forget that Clyde Edwards-Alaire went ahead of Jonathan Taylor in the draft. So, like, you know, I mean, these guys can blow it for sure. Uh, A-Chain has a very specific skill set. I, I was reading some things that some scouts said A-Chain would actually be better in the NFL as a wide receiver uh, than a running back. And so, you know, there's certainly, like, some skill fits there. Certainly interesting for fantasy, no doubt. Um, there's these conference markets up, Amico. How many Big 12 players will go in the first round? How many Big 10 players We'll go in the first round. I know you took a big 12 one earlier. I think that line is gone now, but how do you think about these co- uh, conference markets? Yeah. Usually if I'm looking at the conferences, like I, I just, I just map it out. Like who are the guys that are locks? Who are the guys that are maybes, you know, who are probable, you know, I think it's just like any other market. 
Um, and you probably have to like do a little bit of research on what, like I forget every year, like what teams are in what conference so I have to look, but um, you know, big 12, if there's any big 12 at three and a half, I like the over, but at four and a half, I think it's pretty tough to play, which is I, I think what it is in most spots right now. Yeah. Um, big, big 10, big 10 over eight and a half is minus two sixty five. over, over eight and a half players from the big 10 to be drafted in round one is minus two sixty five. Yeah, and I, and I I think that that's playable. I mean, I maybe I'm just a a bull on the uh, on the Big Ten, but I mean, you have eight guys that I would say are pretty much locked into the first round. You have uh, C.J. Stroud, you have uh, Devin Witherspoon, Paris Johnson, Pete Skaronsky, J.S.N., Lucas Van Ness, uh, Joey Porter Jr., and Deontay Banks. That's eight right there. Uh, so you only need one guy from like. I don't know, let's say 21 to the, to the end of the first round to be in the Big Ten. And there's plenty of options. I mean, you have uh, Mozzie Smith, you have Dewan Jones, you have John Michael Schmitz, you have Joe Tipman, uh, Jack Campbell could get in there. Um, Adebaware, I won't try to pronounce his first name. Like that, there's just a ton of, there's just a ton of, of options. Yeah. Um, and to only need one guy, I, I feel like if you just combine all of those probabilities, like you would be well over yep. what minus 250 represents. Yep. Uh, last thing before we get to these these long shots, I'm curious, and I think that people are curious, Amika, what you think about the market this year. We've talked plenty offline. We've talked uh, on the previous podcast about the differences in the market this year. One thing I've noticed is that DraftKings is just like not open for business, even for cleanish accounts. You know, like they're just not taking a lot, even on clean accounts. Where in the past, if you had a clean DraftKings account, it was good. Now you're really getting limited. There's other sites I think that have. Reasonable menus. DraftKings has the biggest menu. Other sites have reasonable menus, but are also taking relatively little action. I mean, I don't blame them. This is kind of the way I would play it. Like let people bet 50 or hundred bucks and then start moving lines really aggressively. Markets are moving so aggressively though. I feel like there's chances to come back on other sides of stuff. But anyways, I've said a lot there, Amico. Any thoughts on how the market this year differs from previous years? No, it's way tougher. I mean, they've opened a lot of stuff way later. I, I think we're still not at full bloom. Um, so we don't have lines. any good exact order stuff yet even. Right. The, tri- the, the trifecta stuff is not up yet. Yes. The lines are just going to be way sharper when they open because they're opening later. And, and like you said, they're just not really taking that much. I mean, even Caesars who, I mean, pretty much takes, takes bets like on everything. Uh, they take your bet, but like they move the line instantly. <laughs> like it's right. like, they're not taking, they're not taking two, three, four bets before they move it. They are moving it on like any action. Right. So if you're not first, like you're, you're like really missing out. I think there, there's some spots, and I think we mentioned some on the show already. There's some spots where it gets like overinflated, you know, like Lance mentions that Dalton Kincaid, you know, might have a medical issue. Next thing you know, over 24 and a half is minus 180. Like it takes right. one Lance Zierling to say one little thing about Dalton Kincaid's back for the market to get completely blown out. And I think there's some opportunity there for people looking to come back on the other side of stuff if things go too, too far. All right. Let's get to the long shots. Evan has been dying to give you his long shot play, Evan, I give you the floor. Yeah, I already mentioned the, the stuff about McGinn and how Quentin Johnson and his poll of executives slash scouts, Quentin Johnson had more first place votes than Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, I bet Quentin Johnson at 14 to one to be the first wide receiver drafted. It's still available at 10 to one. You look at this wide receiver class, you know, it's Smith and Jigba, slot receiver it's jordan addison jordan addison little it's zay flowers little you know a bunch of small guys quentin johnson is the prototype you know he's 
at least, you know, at least on paper, and I know he's got flaws in his game, and I, I heard that he has not interviewed particularly well, but he's the kind, but he's like an alpha prototype number one. And I think at 10 to one, again, in this big cluster of, of wide receivers, and there's not a ton of separation, I don't think. Quentin Johnson to me is definitely worth a, a shot at 10 to one to be the first wide receiver drafted. And I think that you can take him at 10 to one to be the first wide receiver drafted and take Jordan Addison at seven to one to be the first wide receiver drafted. And you've given yourself good odds. Yeah. Yeah. You're basically betting that the league does not think JSN as a strict slot receiver is worthy of being the first wide receiver. And that's something that I brought up on the last few podcasts. And I still think it's an interesting discussion. Amico, you're a long shot for the people. Yeah, I think Evan mentioned this earlier, but I'm, I'm going with C.J. Stroud to be the eighth pick in the draft, uh, 30 to one on DraftKings. I mean, this the, the Falcons need a quarterback. Like it's it's pretty straight forward to me. I mean, we had the reports earlier in the offseason that they would not trade up for a quarterback, but if one of their top two quarterbacks fell to them, that they would consider taking one. And, and the report did mention Stroud. And Bryce Young. So if that report holds, uh, then and CJ Stroud is on the board at eight, then maybe they take him and you get it at a very good price. Hmm. Very good price. And that's what I'm talking about. When you start like the best way, I think the best markets to look for real long shots right now is matching players to teams because there is some, I mean, it's so laggy and like, man, there's a lot of real live long shots out there in those markets. I'd encourage people to look through those. Mine is going to be a cons- consultation with the PSM. And what I've done is I, I've gotten our R&D team uh, at Gender Labs LLC to go ahead and run some of these prospects through the model. And Darnell Washington has broken the PSM, the penis size model. Six foot seven, 264 pounds, ran a four, six, four. Let me repeat that. Six, seven, 264, ran a four, six, four, 31 inch vertical, 10 foot two broad, unbelievable athletic specimen for Darnell Washington can block right away at the NFL level, I think. And so we've heard negative buzz on Michael Mayer. We've heard negative buzz on Dalton Kincaid. What negative buzz on Michael Mayer have we heard? Lance Lance said that the NFL is not that into Michael Mayer. Did he uh, not? We'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> and so you can get 16 to one plus 1600 on uh i believe it was FanDuel plus 1600 for darnell washington to be the first tight end off the board i don't think that it's likely but i think it's probably closer to eight nine to one or something like that and so i'll go ahead and grab the 16 to one there on darnell washington first tight end off the board all right tight end market's been has me in a pretzel all, all month but anyways that's a that's a story for another day all right Appreciate everyone being here. It's been a four podcast week. Hopefully you all enjoyed it. We will be back Monday. Myself, I'll be presiding Roger Goodell style over a mock draft between Evan, Ben Standig, and Scott Smith. We did this last year. It was a lot of fun. I'll be putting on my Roger Goodell hat and doing that once again on Monday. Stay tuned for that. Four. Evan. Oh, you got to follow Amiko. At Amikstha. I don't know what the heck kind of name that is. The branding department at ETR did not approve that nonsense. <laughs> but at Amixta, A-M-C-I-S-T-A on Twitter. For Amixta, for Evan, for Producer Luke, I am Adam. Good luck 
everybody. Mm-hmm.